Welcome to Two Worlds, a podcast for book lovers who live in two worlds. We are your hosts. I'm Melissa. And I'm Reagan. We are two best friends who live in two worlds. One is a world full of books, and our second world is filled with supremely real and less eccentric characters. Travel weekly into the book world with us. This week, we are continuing our month of romance. Today, we will be exploring and discussing David Nichols' book, One Day. Before we begin our discussion, we want to say that this podcast will have spoilers. If you have not read the book yet, make sure you do so before you continue. For those not reading with us, go to our show notes for a cheat sheet for any questions you may have during our conversation and get ready for every single spoiler. This week's podcast has trigger warnings for alcohol and substance abuse, death, loss, and infidelity. It's the early hours of the morning, and Dexter Mayhew and Emma Morley have just graduated from university. Although they barely know each other, they have spent all night together, kissing, talking, and drinking. This night begins the unlikely friendship of Dex and Em. Dexter, a handsome, charismatic playboy, and Emma, a passionate, artistic dreamer. We see Dex and Em grow up together and apart for 20 years through one day. July 15th of each year. Through the ups and downs of their lives and friendship, Em and Dex are always drawn to one another for inexplicable reasons. They are best friends, each other's constant, and their deep love for each other never dwindles no matter how their lives change or how many years pass. After many years of friendship, bursting with desire, Dex and Em finally allow themselves to fall in love and start their lives together. But a tragedy tears them apart, and we finally learn why this one day has been so important for Dex and Em all along. Hi, Ben. Hi. Did you love it? I did. I think that there were parts of the book that I absolutely loved, and then parts that made me angry, sad, frustrated. A lot of big emotions in this book. Yes. A lot of big emotions, which we will get to yes. later. It's also just a really heartfelt story. It is. It's so beautiful. And I need to warn everybody that this is one of my all-time favorite books, so I will be gushing about it. We kind of chose books that we love for our first month, so this is one of my top favorites. It was obviously my pick, and you will be able to tell through this conversation how much I love it because I'm obsessed. I've read it so many times. And Alyssa has a giant smile on her face <laughs> as she's saying that. I'm a very passionate person, as you will all learn about me through this podcast. But I love this book. So with that, let's get into love and hate. What's some things you love? I really love friendship to lover tropes. And I really, really love the banter between Emma and Dex as friends. Yes. They have amazing chemistry, both as friends and romantically. From the first moment they meet they have chemistry. It's like that first page of writing. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And just the banter between them, but that chemistry. I mean, I I love that. Even through times when they like, they never hate each other, but they hate each other's decisions and stuff. It's still like, nope, we're still in love and obsessed with each other, even though we'll never admit it. It's just so good. It's just the chemistry is like the line through the entire book that just bring you all together. It never goes away, no matter how many things change or go wrong. I love it. So good. When I wrote down chemistry for my loves, I wrote a quote that says, and once again, she could hear the sound of his thoughts. And it's just that like connection that they know each other so well. Yeah, they're 
their chemistry is everything and just their relationship and their friendship. I just love them together. That's definitely one of my loves. Whenever Dex and Em are together, it's just their connection, the way they talk to one another, just everything you mentioned. I love it, love it. I cannot get enough of it. It's so hard sometimes when they're not together for so long and you're just like, no, I need more Em and Dex. I need them together because it's so fun and the book just comes alive whenever they're together. Yeah, I agree. Because so you're seeing them on one day a year right? But they do tell you the things that have kind of been transpiring over the last year, like the important parts, but there's certain chapters or certain days where they're never, where they're not together. And kind of a lot. Yeah. And it's almost like you're waiting for those ones when they are together. Yeah. Cause it's the best when they're together. Yeah. I mean, but obviously I'm focusing on one day. It's not like they're going to be together on the same day every year, just randomly. So I know why he did it, but at the same time, you're just like, more M and X, please. More, more, more. I need them. Well, and there's like certain points in there where they're not even talking at all. So then you're like, okay, I'm ready to get back to yeah M and X together. Thankfully, it's not too long, but it's it's devastating because, like you said, just that chemistry. You're like, you two belong together. You and they love each other so much. They always love each other, even when they're apart. They constantly are missing each other and they break off their friendship for that time and it's just you know just like the whole friendship to lover it's never happening frustration it's basically this entire book yeah what about you with loves my my first love is just his writing I love his writing he's so talented I think he's an amazing writer and I can be such a sucker for just really good writing and I think he's amazing don't you I mean He's a great writer. Yeah, I agree. One of the things that I wrote down was just like the symbolism that he uses throughout the story. At one point, Ian, who is her longtime boyfriend for part of the book, is telling her that she needs to write. And she says, okay, maybe I will one day. And obviously the reference to one day, I mean, the book is taking place on one day, which is why it's called one day. But then actually using that in the in that part is like another reference to the title of the book. And I just thought that was really cool. He's, in my mind, sort of a genius. He's so, just his writing is amazing in so many ways. Like all of his little details, the banter, the characters he's able to create. It's just, he's so talented. And every time I read it, I'm like, gosh, dude, you got some skills. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to find, honestly. If you're not reading the classics, which who wants to read the classics all the time? (laughs) (laughs) And with that, another one of my favorites is, of course, just how we formatted the book with one day, focusing on one day. I like, I think Reagan and I both like kind of different formats like that, where they make an author makes an interesting choice. And I think this is an older book. And I think this is maybe one of the first times that that sort of format happened because I hadn't seen it before I read this. And so that's one thing that really stuck out to me the first time I read it a very, very long time ago. And I I love it every time I read it. It also makes me laugh because our podcast last week with Ugly Love did kind of a similar thing where you kind of get both like past and present. Yes. And then our book for next week does the same thing. So obviously it's a formatting that we like. Our favorites are a little bit similar in some ways, definitely. I love it though. And then I love the drastic differences between Dex and M. 
it just draws me to them. They're so different. And I think that goes with the chemistry too, like you said, but just the fact that they're basically opposites in so many ways, it just, I don't know, it just makes me excited. Yeah. There's just something about the two of them being so different, but so in love with one another. It's just enticing and fun. Yeah. And they're very distinct characters. So different. And I just love it. I love it so much. For me, I really, and this kind of goes off with M. I really just love how she is with her students. I love the fight scene with her students. And I just love the like relationship that she builds with her students of like believing in them and having high expectations for them. This is your teacher side coming out. (laughs) Yeah. And I really love this fact that Sonia, her student comes back later, even though it's a kind of awkward situation. I really love that he brings people back at certain points because it's important to the story for you to see how that person specifically M made an impact on somebody because that's her whole goal in life is to do that. And so I really like that he does that. Yeah, it's a really sweet scene. Even though she's a mess, she sees that her, what did she call her? I don't know, her project or something worked out well. And she's going to college and thriving and it's all because of M. She can feel good about something in her life. Yeah. And making a difference. I mean, she says that at the beginning that she wants to make a difference. She wants to change the world mm -hmm. and wants to change the world in little ways. And she does, whether she believes it or not. Yeah. And I, another thing I love, which I think also goes with the writing, the writing's just so good, you guys. I just find myself laughing and smiling all the time through this book. Like his subtle humor is so fun. And I don't really know how to even describe the humor, but it's just, it's just intoxicating and you just have to read it to know, but it, the way he does it, it's so mild almost, but it just makes you feel good and happy and it's silly and fun. And I love it. Yeah. And my other big love is, I think you mentioned, you mentioned this Reagan, but just how this book makes you feel really big things like fierce, large emotion. So it's not always happiness. You feel anger and sadness and I think it takes a talent to make you feel so big all throughout the book here there's not a lot of times where you're not feeling a lot of things that kind of brings me into my last love I really love the maze scene when Dex tells M about his engagement and I really love that he one tells her in person at the wedding yeah. that's kind of my like big thing but that scene had so many emotions for me just at the same time. Like I loved it. I also hated it at the same time and was sad and happy. And because that's when they finally become friends again after I think two years of not being friends. And so you're so excited. But then you're also like, what Dexter? No. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you getting married? Yes. And M has that reaction too. Like she wants to hide it and show him how excited she is for him. But at the same time, her heart is breaking and it's just so many emotions. Just how it is throughout the whole book. They're always fighting this love they have for each other. But it's also so obvious sometimes. It's so confusing. Yeah. So I feel like there were a lot of scenes that like I loved them and hated them or parts that I loved and hated. Yeah, definitely. All at once. Yeah. I feel, I feel that a lot. Cause it's so frustrating and they just are constantly chasing each other almost, but then it's not working out. Like one of them is always putting up a wall when the other one's open or vice versa. And it's just, or they're both putting up the wall at the same time. Yeah. So you love it, but then you hate it. Cause it's just never working out. 
in that moment of the maze scene, you can tell that M is ready. And then he tells her that he's engaged. And it's just like, yeah, so sad. Yeah, I know. It's awful. It's, it's a frustrating book in that way. But it's also, I think we also love that about romance books, which it keeps you waiting. And then when the moment finally happens when they're together, it's the best moment ever because you had to wait so long for it and go through so many frustrating emotions to get there. Except for in this book, because then devastation happens again. <laughs> That's true. But we'll get That's to that more. True. Yes. Okay. So hate. Yeah. What's your first hate? I hate, and I hate this every time I read this book, that M doesn't get Dexter's letter. In the very beginning of the book, they're writing letters back and forth, and Dexter writes this amazing letter. It's almost like a love letter in a way, don't you think? Yeah. In a way. And wanting her to come to him. Yeah, he's traveling, and he basically tells her, like, leave your work and come. And he also lays down some, like, hard truths about her. But I'm going to read a segment just because I love this letter so much, and it will give you a tiny glimpse. It's a long letter, but this will give you a tiny glimpse into... How amazing this letter is and M never gets in. It's devastating. Um, you're young, you're practically a genius, and yet your idea of a good time is to treat yourself to a service wash. Well, I think you deserve more. You are smart and funny and kind, too kind if you ask me, and by far the cleverest person I know. And I'm drinking more beer here, deep breath. You're also a very attractive woman. And more beer. Yes, I do mean sexy as well. So I feel a bit sick writing it down. Well, I'm not going to scribble it out because it's politically incorrect to call someone sexy because it is also true. You are gorgeous, you old hag. And if I could give you just one gift ever for the rest of your life, it would be the confidence. It would be the gift of confidence. Either that or a scented needle. Which also gives you an insight into the author who's so talented. I mean, his writing is just a addictive you can tell but I also love that he talks about M's confidence which she lacks so much and needs and I think Dexter is just the perfect person to give it to her and so this is totally like that's just a tiny glimpse of the letter and it's just it's totally a love letter and M never gets this letter because Dex gets drunk and stupid and never sends it and it gets lost and every time I read this book I just hate it because I love the letter and I want him to read it so bad I mean imagine where the story I would have gone if I would have gotten a letter. I know that's not how it's supposed to go, but my heart always wants it to. <laughs> I love the letter and I want him to read it. After all that sad poetry she writes about Dex, you're like, um, I mean, imagine her getting that. She would just die. Do you think she would have gone with him if she would have gotten it? I don't know. She was in a dark place then. I feel like she wouldn't have gone because, I mean, as he writes in the letter, she's like self-deprecating the right word. Like she's just wallowing in her own self-pity of being a nobody and a nothing. Yeah, I don't really think that she would have gone. I also think that at that point, she also was like kind of him traveling kind of frustrated her. That kind of a person who just goes on a year long vacation. Yeah. So I could see her kind of like just kind of being like, no, because she doesn't want to. I'm so judgmental, but I love her. But I hate that part. Because every time I read it, I just fall in love with that letter. And I just want him to read it so bad. Yes, exactly. It's so hard. Okay, do you have a hate? So mine is kind of funny because or last week you talked about not liking how a certain character was written and his name was Ian and I hated Ian in this book too. And actually- You hate Ian. I really don't like him. At first I was kind of more, actually at first I kind of liked him when they were just coworkers 
and talking about like his comedy. I thought that he was funny and I liked him. And then later on when they have their big fight after they broke up, he just gave me really creepy vibes. Okay. Yeah. Because that was, that was so creepy. It's so awful. And like he breaks into her house. He breaks into her house. And this was not the first time. Clearly he like breaks into her house and snoops through her stuff after she's dumped him. And it's been a while, you guys, and he's still doing this. It's weird. Yeah. And I think she describes him. It's like, she's like, I don't want to go home. Ian's there. She sees a light on and she's like, but he'll just sit there all night, like an assassin waiting for me or something like that. And it's like, come on, Ian. It's so gross. Not just pathetic. It's creepy. Yeah. So I hear you there, but I do not hate it. And at first I had sympathy for him. I mean, at first I liked him. And then I had sympathy for him or she says, I'm building a life with a man I don't love and I don't know what to do about it. So at that point, I felt kind of sympathetic for him because I felt bad that he obviously really, really cared about him. He's obsessed in love with her. and But that's the issue is that then once that happens, you realize that it's not that he's like a healthy in love with her. It's like a creepy in love with her. That's kind of a good point. I don't know. I feel bad for Ian, honestly. Em never even likes him. It's sad. It's very, very sad. I think she kind of pushed him to crazy because she lived with him. And I mean, we can get into that later, but. But honestly, there's usually a little bit of crazy first that just gets in (laughs) night by somebody (laughs) acting like. So you just think he's a little bit psycho. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I can see it because I definitely got very creeped out by that scene. It was just like, no, 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 Ian, this is not okay. I mean, I would definitely call the police. I would freak out. Yeah. It's wrong. It's definitely wrong. Okay. Hate for me. It's so hard because I love Dexter so much, but sometimes he is just such an ignorant a-hole and I just want to punch him in the face. Yeah. Like he's, he's just, he's the literal worst. I love him. And that's why I hate it. I hate it so much because I love him, but he's, so he knows and loves him basically from the first chapter from the beginning. And he's always bringing around all these slutty girls to like show off to her, which is so weird and just such a jerk move. It's like, what are you doing? It's just roast decks. And then when she's working at the Mexican restaurant and he's rich by now on TV and he is like, can I tip you? Can I give you money? Basically like you're poor and I'm rich and I just want to give you money because I feel sorry for you. And you're like, jerk, jerk, jerk. You just want to slap him across the face. There's a lot of Dexter moments where you're just like, I, I need to slap you Dex because you're such an a-hole and worse words than that. Yeah. It's just, he's the worst sometimes, isn't he? That was like the worst scene. I was like, oh my God. It's awful. But I think that M's reaction was like perfect of like how angry she got about it because I'm like, that was so messed up. It is messed up. Sometimes Dexter's brain just does not work and it's not cute. It's so gross and I just hate it. I love him and he's so lovable, but then sometimes I just hate him. Yeah. He's an awful person. (laughs) So my other two hates kind of fall under the same category and we'll talk about this a lot more, but they kind of fall under that infidelity category. I got very icky vibes between her and Phil. Yeah. Between M and Phil, specifically when she kind of talks, is talking poorly about his wife. And she's like, well, you've always got like, got her to fall back on. And I was just like, M, come on. M is a mistress and it's, it's icky. It is really icky. Yeah. 
And he's really, he really creeps me out. If we're talking about creepy dudes in this book, he's creepy. And that just made me really frustrated because for anybody who hasn't read it, Phil is the principal of her school that she's teaching at. And it just gave me just weird vibes. And then it just also made me frustrated at M because I'm like, you want to make a difference, but that's, you're not doing it the right way when it comes to making those choices at your workplace. He's also always been into her though. Yeah. So he definitely was trying to get with her. And I think M was just at a weak area in her life, like lost Dexter and then broke up with Ian. And it was just kind of a bad situation for her to get into, but she just felt emotionally not smart at that time. And he took advantage of that because he's, yeah, he was always into her. It was, it's weird. Yeah. I feel you. It was a gross, that's what I'm saying about this book. It, it makes you feel a lot of things, Yeah. even in just weird situations like that. And, but he makes you feel so strongly all the time. And then that leads into my other one, which was the Sylvie and Callum scene. I, that scene just gave me bad feels. So Sylvie is Dex's wife and she's cheating on him with his friend ish. And she and Dex talk on the phone and then it cuts to a scene where she's in the hotel room with him. And that just gave me icky vibes too. Well, we're married. So I guess my hates mostly fell into the like icky vibes <laughs> between Ian, <laughs> Phil, and you Sylvie. Did have some ick. There's definitely some ick. I agree that all those feelings, I agree with you. There's some yuckiness there, but it's also so important to the story. Yeah. And all those hates, they all, I mean, they add to the story. So I don't think that they should have not been in there. They just were things that were like, ew. I know. I know. They are. It's yucky and and also sad. Yeah. Like you feel bad for Em that she's doing that. She hates herself for it and she feels gross and she talks about how gross she feels and you feel so bad for Dex too because he's had so much pain and you're like, oh no, this is not what he needs. Well, and at that point, (laughs) at that point in his life, I mean, besides getting drunk that night with his daughter, like he's really trying. Yeah. It's just his marriage is not working out and she's not happy. And I don't think he's happy either, but he's trying so hard to make it work for his daughter. And that's just heartbreaking because you can tell that at that point he's like trying to change, but the situation is making him go right back into a downward spiral of drinking. I know. It's the worst, but Sylvie's also the worst. Yeah, I didn't like it. I'm not a Sylvie fan. My last hate is the day Dexter goes to visit his sick, dying mom. We find out pretty early in the book that Dexter's mom is, has cancer and is dying. Oh, that whole chapter. I hate it. I hate it. Every time I read it, it just makes me cringe. It's so awful. So Dexter is like out partying that night before so he's like high and drunk when he goes to visit his mom and then he gets there and he keeps drinking and taking drugs then he sleeps through the entire day that he's supposed to be spending with his mom who is dying is not going to be around very much longer he's it's just it's so gross and he's driving drunk and high he almost dies like just the whole chapter just made makes me cringe and every time I read it I'm just if you could see me right now, I'm all cringed up because mm-hmm. it's it's just gross. It's just yucky. And like so many scenes with Dex, it just also breaks your heart at the same time. So it's just, I love him and it's so sad and makes me so sad that he's just so messed up. But the whole chapter is 
horrible. Cringe. It's hard to read. Yeah, it is the whole thing. And it's a long chapter. And I'm like, I cannot read this. It's making me so sick. I hate that chapter so much. And I know it needs to be in there. Like everything in this book that kind of sucks. It needs to be in there because it's showing us where Dex is right now. And we need to know, but it's so, it's so bad. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. It's the worst. It breaks my heart. Which I think is what the whole book does. You like love and hate it all at once. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But that's what I love too, is that he brings in enough like humor and like the banter and fun things to make us still love it, even though there's so many cringeworthy like ick moments like we've talked about. Yeah. There's so many sweet, fun, awesome humor moments too. It's such a balance. Yeah. Which I think is why it's such a timeless book. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so going along with our hates, I have a few impulsive answers. I want to ask you a few questions. Okay. So number one. Would you rather be stuck in a relationship with Ian nonstop telling you jokes or Dexter during his addictive season of constantly being drunk and high? And I know you said you hate Ian, so I'm curious to see what you're going to say. Can I choose none of the above? <laughs> <laughs> you have to pick one. What did your gut say? It's got to be an impulse. Okay, I would say Ian, but it has to be prior to all the awkward creepiness. Because I didn't hate Ian at the beginning, so... I'd be okay with his it's jokes. taking Ian fully. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'd be okay with it prior to knowing that he's creepy. I'd pick Ian too. I couldn't, I don't think I could handle Dex drunk and high. He's just, it's too much. And Ian's annoying, but I'd rather take annoying than yeah. Dex is a, too much. I agree. Okay. So now we're going to move on to just talking about a couple big parts of this book the first one we want to talk about is identity yeah you start us off so m struggles well both of them struggle with identity but m specifically especially at the beginning is when you first know that she's struggling with it so when she's spending her that night with dex she says at one point that she wants to be courageous and bold and make a difference And that's the first kind of insight that you realize that she has these big lofty dreams and goals that she is trying to reach and specifically making a difference, which is a big, that's a big goal. I mean, it's, and then she kind of flounders in her identity of not knowing who she is, not knowing what she wants to do and how to make that difference. And I feel like at the beginning of the book, Dex is on the other hand, where he kind of starts out like knowing who he is, what he's going to do. And then he also spirals as well in kind of an identity crisis too. Oh yeah. A major part of the entire book is them both trying to figure out who they are, both within themselves and within each other. Yeah, I agree. Identity is a huge part of this book. And as you said, I'm just flounders for so long. And I feel like as the book goes on, she begins to find herself and who she is and firms out her identity. But it also makes me sad because I feel like she never fully gets there. Yeah. I mean, even on the day that she dies, she's talking about the war and how she should be protesting. And would my younger self be upset with me because I'm not who I thought I'd be? And she always seems to be struggling with identity through the whole book. And even though it gets better, it makes me so sad that she she dies before M dies, by the way. 
yeah <laughs> that she that she dies before she's able to fully reach that identity set that she dreamed to be like a world changer like she wanted to be a mom and they struggle with having kids she never got to have the identity of being a mom she didn't even feel like she was a real writer even though she was successful because she wanted to write a real adult book so I don't even feel like she would consider her identity as a writer because she doesn't think it wasn't her goal yeah to write children's books or YA. And I think that that's the thing is like, it's kind of like a roller coaster of identity crises for M. She's kind of like up, that never down, ends. up, down. Yeah. And then. And you're so excited because she's getting better, but then you realize she never gets past it. Yeah. And then she dies and it just breaks my heart that she never became who she really wanted to be yeah, or who she deserved to be. Yeah. And then for Dex, I feel like he, a lot of his identity issues come from directly from his substance and alcohol abuse. Oh yeah. Yes. I don't think that he struggles with identity in the same way that M does, but I think that his choices that he makes has him spiraling losing things around him like M and his job and everything like that and then well all that adds to him losing his identity yeah. because those things give him confidence like his relationship with M his career they make him feel good and make him feel like he is who he is who is this you know confident charismatic awesome guy and then when he keeps losing things he feels like he's losing himself yeah. and obviously his addictions which I really appreciate it because, you know, that's real life. Like when you have an addiction to a substance, I think you lose a lot of things in your life, but you also lose yourself. You lose your identity. You lose who you are. You aren't you anymore. You're your addiction. You're who you are when you're drunk or high. And so I appreciated the just kind of blunt honesty of that because Dex goes down a really dark path and he's not who he is. And that's ultimately what ends their friendship for a time is that Dex just kind of turns into this monster through his addiction. And then at the end, he kind of almost seems like he's going to do the same thing when he loses M and then he gets pulled out of it. And I think the main main reason why he gets pulled out of it is because he knows that that would just infuriate her if he just spiraled again after losing her. And it's so sweet how his dad, his dad kind of saves him on, there's this night where Dex on the year anniversary goes out and gets all messed up and his dad is with him the next day and it's just like you just need to act like Emma's still alive it's such a sweet moment and I just feel like it hit Dex because his dad knows he lost the love of his life his mom died and he just says that's what I've been doing for years is pretending that she's still here and I feel like that's what Dex has to do to get past it and by that point be a good dad and maintain his business and not you know lose his career and his loved ones in his life again yeah because he knows what's at he knows what's at stake at that point because he's lost it all before so off that conversation about identity I think we need to go into a little conversation about grief and for me it's specifically uh, most of my points are through Dexter's life and point of view I didn't see a lot for M so I think the first grief point is Dexter losing his mom yeah and we find that out really early in the book and it's such a big thing for him he really loses himself 
And I don't know if that's the whole reason why he goes down into addiction, but the book and the writer make it feel like that's the trigger for him going down into this completely addictive spiral of drugs and alcohol. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's kind of the catalyst that puts him into that state of mind and allows that to take over his life. I mean, Dexter always wants to escape. He doesn't even like to feel most any emotion except for happiness. I feel like his mom, even getting sick, brings him down because even when she's sick like I said he's already in that and then he just can't handle the emotions of grief and she does die really young like she's in her I think the book says mid-50s so I mean Dex has just graduated from college and they went straight out of high school so he's when he finds out he's 23 maybe and she dies a few years after that so he's really young and she's really young and I think it's a shock to him and She also says before she tells him she's sick that he's basically privileged and hasn't had any hard times and she knows she's sick and is going to die. And she's like, I want you to be prepared for life because it's not all fun and games, basically. And I just felt like that was such foreshadowing of what Dexter becomes and just the truth in that. But yeah, Dexter is not only not prepared for that, he just refuses to even face it, live in it at all. Yeah. Or doesn't even know how to handle it. Yeah. Which is why he is constantly, you know, hanging out with strangers and going to raves. And I mean, I think he even pushes Emma away and he's so lonely that he just doesn't want to feel anything remotely deep. He just wants all this shallow surface world. Yeah. Like he's trying to dub himself. Mm -hmm. So I think Dexter's grief just controls him for most of the books. Then he loses his career and then he loses M and he's always so lonely. Like there's a lot of moments too where he calls M and she's busy living her life. And he's just like, I need you right now. You need to come this second. Like he does this sort of desperate thing. Yeah. He has this desperation and where I think he gets so lonely and he feels his grief coming that he just is like, I need somebody with me right now. I need to block this out. Very sad. Yeah, I think that the loss of his mom definitely is the main like catalyst that kind of sends him on that spiral and then everything else kind of adds to it with him losing his job and then losing M, like their friend losing M's friendship for a while. And then I would also say also that when his marriage is on the rocks, that's when he's also kind of spirals back into it again. He's not drinking at that point, which I think shows where he's at in his life that he's grown. Like when he loses his mom, early mid twenties, when he loses his marriage, he's nearing 40 and he's like avoiding drinking at all because he, he knows himself by then. Well, he knows himself. And I think that his daughter has a big part in that too. Definitely. And then when he's, his marriage is kind of on the rocks, that's when he kind of leads back into it a little bit. I mean, he is, it's very clear. He's very depressed and out of it. And then M saves him and it's beautiful, but that kind of leads into his biggest loss of the book, which is when Dex loses M. Which is so sad because at that point they finally find each other and finally admit how they feel towards each other and are happy and in love. And then and they're both he loses happy. Her. Yeah, it, it's so devastating and it's such a shock. But then it's so interesting because this time he doesn't let him let it overtake him. Like you see that he struggled that first year because they show the anniversary of her death, obviously, because it's a July 15th date. But he starts to get stable. And it's so beautiful and surprising. And like you said, you think it's because he knows M would have hated him just 
wallowing and going back to his old ways. Yeah. I mean, at certain points in the book, that's when, when he's really, really deep in everything is kind of when M makes a point to show him that he's losing himself. And that's when she wants to take care, like she wants to help him, but she also knows that, or she also doesn't want him to drag her down too. And so at those points, she kind of pushes him away a lot. And I think that she would have been really, really angry that her death pushed him back into that. I think so too. And I'm just so proud of him that he doesn't fall back into that because it'd be so easy to do that, especially since M is, I think, truly one of the only people he's ever really yeah. loved. And I would also say that his daughter is probably another yes, of course. part as to why he doesn't go down that path. Because not only at that point does he have to think about his own life, but he has to think about hers too. And I think that M would have expected him to be putting his daughter first and her needs in that moment. And I'm just going to read a short snippet from, this is after he loses M on the anniversary, and it just kind of explains who Dex is in his grief. And these are his thoughts too. So it says, grief has made an idiot of Dexter Mayhew once again. Loss has not endowed him with any kind of tragic grandeur. It has just made him stupid and banal. Without her, he is without merit or virtue or purpose. A shabby, lonely, middle-aged drunk, poisoned with regret and shame. And if that doesn't describe Dexter Mayhew throughout the book, he just hates himself. So it is amazing that he's able to overcome M's death and be there for his daughter and continue with his cafe and everything. It's us as readers need it, especially after the loss of M. We need him to be okay. Yeah. And I also think that at that point, as he got older, I mean, when you feel, when you actually hit rock bottom, and then you have certain experiences that might be kind of similar that could push you down that path. Sometimes it pushes you right back into that same rock bottom, but I feel like other times you've already been there and you don't want to go back. And I kind of think that that's what happened with him. He felt so ashamed of Sylvie and his dad taking care of him that day that I feel like he didn't want to go through that again. He didn't want to have to experience that again. Or his daughter see him. Mm -hmm. behaving like that or messed up like that yeah I think a big part of it does have to do with Jasmine and I love that as a mom we love that because it's true your kids change you for the better I am curious how it would have been if he didn't have a daughter and that's why I'm so glad he does have her yeah I agree she definitely pushes him okay so then moving on to our big moment what's your first big moment my first big moment is just the date July 15th mm -hmm. and how it's all leading up to M's death, which we don't know. We don't know why he picked the state, why it's so important. It's just random to us. But I love that he, you know, it's all leading up to this moment where he's going to lose M on this one day. And it's why this day, it will always be important to Dex now. Like July 15th is forever, you know, a huge day. So I think that's the big, the one of the biggest moments is just the date. And what it means, which we don't know until the end, but it's showing why he picked a day to write about. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, you don't realize until the end why. And so you're going through this whole book and it's like, what's so important about this? Yeah. It seems random at first, like, oh, just an author choice. You find out that it's not just a random artistic choice. It's for a big purpose. Mm -hmm. And again, I just love this author. He's a genius to me. Yeah. <laughs> What's your next big moment? Their breakup. Mm -hmm. That's what I have next too. Yes. Such a big, hard moment. We all hate it. 
who loved XM. It's so rough. Like you said, it's also needed. I don't know. It I don't I wish it wouldn't have happened, but I understand where Emma's coming from. What do you think about it? Yeah, their breakup is a big important part. I mean, their friendship okay, their friendship breakup is a big important part of the story. And I think that that's kind of, yeah. So their friendship breakup is a really important part. And I will talk about that more in our next section because that's kind of a big, big moment. It's a big moment for Dex and for M. And then the next one is of course, them finally getting together, which I'm sure we'll get to in the favorite section because it's the best. See, I put Jasmine being born right before that though. I feel like that was a big moment too for Dex. It definitely was. I didn't even put that. Yeah. You're so right. So I put that first and then, cause it's, it's kind of a big, I mean, it starts the, the, that chapter starts with talking about Jasmine being born. And I just feel like that was a big moment for Dex's life. I think as he grows, it becomes even more of a big moment for him. Yeah. I think when it first happens, he's, I still don't think he's ready for it. And I still don't think he's changed enough. But as we've said, I think he, the older he gets, takes her more into account and loves her more and is loving being a dad and taking on that identity of dad. Yeah. But then after that, my next one is the same, that it's them finally getting together, finally allowing their feelings to yeah. be heard to each other. And at the same time, I know exactly, exactly. Being on the same page exactly. for once. It's so long coming. And then of course, losing M. And just Dexter's trauma mm-hmm. after that, which we've talked about a bit. Yeah, that's kind of the big overarching moment for the entire story. Okay, so now we're moving on to our segment, Emotional Women. And my first question is, did you cry in this book? You cry more than me in books. I know that to be true. Oh, yes, I did. I cried after M died. You did cry when M died. And that, and yeah, and well... I cried like not when she died because when she dies, it's just kind of like, okay, she's gone. Yeah. (laughs) But I cried during that next year during the anniversary when Dex was going through that hard time. And when Jasmine saw him, that part made me cry. But that was the only part that made me cry in the book. I don't cry. It takes a lot for me to cry. But in this book, I cry every single time at the very end. I love the ending so much and it always makes me cry I don't know I think how he does it is so beautiful he brings it back to when they first met and it's almost happy tears sad tears that the book is ending and almost happy tears to just see where they began and I just it just makes me so emotional every single time and I'm always sad the book is over but I'm always like oh Dex and M M and Dex my heart I just get very emotional it's so beautiful yeah Okay, and I have a big one for anger. Do you have anything that made you angry? All that I wrote down was anger at Dex. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so anything that has to do with dumb choices that he made falls in that category. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel you. Mine though is there's a chapter where Reagan mentioned this where Sylvie leaves and Dexter's with the baby all night. This chapter made me so angry because the first thing Dexter does is goes to get alcohol. Okay. He goes to get cigarettes, but then he picks up a few bottles of alcohol. He comes back and he drinks the whole bottle. He's okay. He ends up drunk with his baby, spills milk all over her, is totally out of control, honestly. 
Uh, there's a quote where he says, he goes to pour himself another glass and is surprised to find the bottle is empty. And I'm like, yeah, Dex, because you are an addict and you can't just drink with your baby when the mom isn't there. It made me so mad. And I know I'm a mom and I'm sensitive to that, but it's like, this is why Sylvie doesn't trust you, Dexter, because the moment she leaves, you go and get wasted. And he admits multiple times this chapter, you guys, that he is totally out of his head, like out of his mind, drunk, just like holding his baby, falling over. Like it makes me so angry. This is one thing yeah. Dexter does that I'm like, Dexter, you do whatever you want to yourself, but now you have a baby and leave her out of it. Oh, so angry. Yeah. I agree. That chapter made me really frustrated. I am. Oh, it's the worst. Besides that, Dex just made me mad whenever he was parading girls around M. And you can tell that it bothers her. And I'm like, they know each other so well. That's what makes me so mad is I'm like, they do know each other so well. So it's like, you have to know that what you guys do to each other oh, yeah. is hurtful to the other person. Of course they do. M isn't always a peach either, though. Let's just say no. that. <laughs> No, she's not. <laughs> I just feel like she never made me like, she would make me frustrated, but I didn't have like steam anger. Yeah. Well, Emma's just kind of mean. Dex really can F up his life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then my next moment was a heartbroken moment, which we'll probably have the same one. It's seeing Dex without M. That first anniversary chapter is so rough and just the emptiness he feels. And like I mentioned, I just really don't think Dexter has loved for any people in his life. I truly loved them deeply or had many people love him. So losing M is losing one of the only people he's ever loved or who's ever truly loved him. Like he always has people around, but they're just people. They're just strangers. Even if they are friends, they don't know him. He doesn't know them. It's just emptiness. But just, it breaks my heart Yeah, seeing him messed up again, especially how happy he was and how far he's come. And then it's like, now he's lost his person and it breaks your heart. Yeah. And going along with that, it also kind of breaks your heart knowing that M didn't accomplish the things that she wanted to accomplish. That's the other kind of thing that we mentioned earlier. And it just leaves her very at this point in her life where things are going well for both of them, but she didn't get to accomplish the things that no, she's she not done. really wanted to. It gets, all gets stolen from her. Yeah. For me, my big heartbroken moment was when their friendship ended. And I wrote a couple quotes. M says, I just don't think you're the person I used to know. You're not my friend anymore. That's all. And then she says, Dexter, I love you so much. So, so much. And I probably always will. I just don't like you anymore. I'm sorry. And that was just so hard to hear her say that. And I think that Dexter needed to hear her say that because he needed to know where she stood with their relationships up, with their relationship at that point. But it was just so hard to hear. And it just made me really, really feel for M. And I mean, it's hard when you, it's hard when the person you love is standing right in front of you and you don't feel the way that you used to feel about them. She doesn't want this to happen. I mean, neither of them do. That's why it's so heartbreaking too. Cause you're like, this doesn't have to happen. Yeah. I mean, she does not go into that dinner thinking that's coming, but it does. No. Yeah. It's heart wrenching. And then joyful moment, obviously when they finally get together. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And and the chapters when they are together are so sweet. And it's just, they're so good together. That's the thing about this book is there's a lot of romantic books where you have to wait. But Dex and Emma are special. There's just something about them where they just connect on a totally unreal level. And they just need to be together. Like they are Dex and Emma and Dex. So when it finally happens, it's, it's just like they heal each other. They need each other. It's 
so great. Yeah. Your joy I moment agree. or did you have a joy? My my joy moment was when they finally get together. And but at, like you said, I mean, really any moment that they're together and they're both happy is a joyful moment. Even before they actually are coupled together every time that they're together and they're both at a decent place in their life, they're it's joyful. Even when they're not, if they're together, it's just the best. <laughs> I love them. Okay, so moving into our character obsessions. So what is your favorite thing about M? Okay, so for M, I just really love how funny and passionate she is. I feel like M, and this can kind of come off as sometimes her humor is not necessarily taken in the right way because she can be kind of rude <laughs> with her humor. Yeah. But I just find her really, really funny. And I like, for example, when she called Dex's father a fascist, but he (laughs) obviously really liked her and her like spunkiness. And then also when she mentions to Dex, she says sympathy for the spinster. She's just really funny. And then she's also just really passionate. I mean, I don't think that she ever fully understands what she wants to be passionate about. She just wants to be passionate about everything. Yeah. She wants to change the world. She wants to be passionate about politics and about life. And I don't think that she ever like hones in on exactly what her passion is for, but she's just really, really passionate. She is. And then for my kind of like negatives is kind of her just making making poor choices and mainly in the realm of men staying with Ian for so long and then hooking up with Phil while he's married. Yeah. That was just kind of my like downfall for her. And then her rudeness can sometimes come out in that, but I I don't know. I find her rudeness sometimes refreshing with her <laughs> personality. So I don't know necessarily if that I don't think that that really turned me off from M. I think that it was more the poor the making poor choices and just kind of letting her self-doubt sink in with her staying at her job for so long when she's so unhappy, just kind of like letting that self-doubt take over her life is kind of a negative attribute of what about you I also said she's hilarious and she's witty and she's so smart and it's just amazing and she just doesn't see it she's just one of those girls where she's so talented and so smart and funny and she just doesn't see it and Dex is always trying to get her to see it but I love her and I think I have a thing for funny women because I think I've mentioned this like every episode we're reading about some funny girls and I'm here for it but I agree she's rude and not just rude sometimes she's very mean and my least favorite thing about Em is that she's super bossy and opinionated in a mean self-righteous way like yeah she can be funny rude and funny mean but then she can also just be freaking mean and it's like there's also this point where she can't control it like she says that multiple times like stop acting this way stop talking this way and she can't so I feel bad for her but I'm also like and get it together stop being a freaking jerk yeah my favorite thing about Dex I love Dex's just natural personality not when he's trying to impress anybody or be anything just when he's Dex which is mainly I think when he's with M is when he's like just himself and I love just who he is you don't see it that often but when he's just chill and hanging out and being himself and not putting on a show or acting cocky or being an ass he's he's the best yeah and my least favorite thing about him is that he has some self-centered tendencies (laughs) and his addictions (laughs) they drive me crazy and I just want him to be healthy and better he disappoints you a lot in this book Yeah. For me, I find him funny and really, really driven at first. And then he's naturally pretty driven. I just think he. Yeah. I think that as a person, he's driven. I think that it's his addiction 
that makes him go down that spiral. And so for my like negative stuff, I said that his addiction, and then I also put womanizer with a bunch of lines underneath it (laughs) is my other point. He has a lot of lovers. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's one of the things that drives me crazy about him is how he like parades them around in front of M. It just makes me frustrated. I think he's trying to get her attention though. Yeah, definitely. he loves her. He always loves her. Yeah, I think that he definitely does love M, and I think that he wants to get her attention. I just think that he's childish, so he's like, "Look, look at me, M, with all these sexy girls. Aren't you jealous?" And the frustrating part is that I feel like he should know M well enough to realize that that's going to be, it, it's going to have the opposite effect on her. In the same way that like the tipping incident had kind of such a negative response from her, he should know her well enough to know that. But it does really bother her. He well, it does, does get reactions out of her. I mean, it does, it does really bug her. She does hate it. So he's kind of getting what he wants in a way. He's just childish sometimes. Yeah. And then what about relationships? Okay. So diving in to our relationship deep dive on M and X. So Drove Me Crazy was obviously just the author teasing us constantly with them getting together. I mean, it's almost like obnoxious how much he does it, how they, one of them is ready to get together and now the other one isn't it. That happens over and over again, or they're going to hide their feelings or it's just constant and it drives you crazy. Or the letter never gets there. The letter that I've talked about. Yes, exactly. But that's why you're so happy when it finally happens and comes that's what drove me the most crazy what about you yeah I wrote down that just that they were never at the right position like they were never in the right place at the right time even if they were like physically together they were never in the right place mentally together at the same time until they finally get together yeah and um it was always like one was ready or the other one was ready or neither of them were ready yeah and so it's just that teasing of and there were times where you got close like when you kind of get close to it when Dex you kind of get close to it when Dex tells M that he's getting married like she's at that point and he's gonna get married yeah this is just one example this is Dexter talking it's Emma that he wants to see most why isn't she with him tonight he has all these things he wants to ask her like why if they never got together they'd be great together a team a pair Dex and M M and Dex everybody says so He's taken aback by this sudden rush of love he feels for Emma and he decides to get in a cab and tell her how great she is, how he really, really loves her and how sexy she is if she only knew it. And why not just do it? Just see what happens. That happens a lot of times. And obviously he did not get in that cab or if he did, she wasn't home. And it just sucks. (laughs) It's so, so often. It really does drive you crazy. I don't think there's another phrase for it. What did you love about Emma and Dex? So for things that I loved about M and Dex, I've talked about this before, but I just loved the chemistry between them. There was just so much chemistry, both as best friends and as lovers. There was just a ton of chemistry. And then obviously just their banter, which I think kind of goes to play like they're both pretty funny people. And so their banter back and forth, even when the banter was like them kind of being mean to each other, it was just very full of love, even when it was like, mean does that make sense your chemistry is always there yeah the love is always underlying even if they're being the worst to one another yeah you know that they love each other so it's it's yeah it's strange you don't feel like don't say that to him or don't say that to her you because the love is still there 
Yeah. No matter how mean they are. And for the most part, it's usually justifiable. So when they're being mean to each other, you're <laughs> usually like, yeah, they're being dumb. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> what about you? I love that they can never stop thinking about each other. They always say this, like when Emma's on a date, she's thinking about Dex. When Dex is out partying, he's thinking about Em. Like, it doesn't matter what they're doing. They're always going to have each other in the back of their mind. And I just think it's so sweet and just completely shows how much they love each other and how they're just meant to be together. Like, yeah, you guys can't not think about each other. It's like uncontrollable. Yeah. And then I just think they're so good for each other. Like, I think, especially if we would have gotten together younger, but even when they're older, like Dex helps Em relax. He gives her confidence and M helps Dex just not go entirely wild. Yeah. Crazy. Like she keeps him straight in. Like they just are a good match. They're very different, but they level each other out and naturally and not in a way that makes you feel trapped in a way that makes them happy. Yeah. But I love that about them so much. Yeah. It's like they both just like level each other out in the right way because of how different they are. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now we want to dive a little bit into a few of the other relationships real quick, starting with Ian and M, which I think Reagan has made her thoughts on Ian very clear. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like Ian. Creepy. Ian and M, they go out for a couple years in the book, but they're friends before that, and Ian's kind of a character throughout the entire book. But their relationship, I think it's the worst. It's it's a horrible relationship. M doesn't even like him not even a little bit yeah and at first I wasn't when they were just friends I was okay with that because I was like okay M kind of needs another friend that's not Dex and because M and Dex are best friends but they're always more than that even if they never admit it yeah so I felt like she needed like a platonic friend but once they got together I was like no they aren't good together no it's awful honestly really bugged me because it made me not like M during those years because it was like I personally think Ian is sweet I mean we don't find out that he's like creeping out until the end of their relationship so I'm like this poor man and she just hates him she even says this is how she describes her relationship with him switching back and forth between irritation and remorse she's so mean to him she really kind of loathes him she never loves him I think she barely even likes him and he like idolizes her and that's what I think that it is is he likes her I think that's what she likes is that he likes her even though she never likes him I know but it's so mean you don't be with somebody because of that reason I mean you guys they buy like an apartment together like they buy a little condo together she gets in deep into this relationship but I'm just like um Stop being a disgusting person and set this man free. This is why he goes crazy. This is why he breaks into your apartment because you do this to him. You've been dragging him along for all this time and you don't even love him. Barely even like him. And I also just think it's very sad because Emma, as we said, is hilarious. And Ian wants to be a stand-up comedian and he is like not funny at all. And it's so sad that Emma is the funniest one in the relationship. And (laughs) Ian is being funny. They kind of, it's kind of sad because Emma's amazing and Ian's just kind of a loser. Yeah. But she's also, it does not justify her to be awful and mean. No, but then he ended up being creepy anyway. Yeah. Then when I see that Ian gets really creepy and it's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> Ian's just desperate and it's sad, but he ends up married with kids and happy. So yeah. good for him. And then Emma finally was free and I didn't have to dislike her. 
Dexter anymore. And then the next one I wanted to talk about was Dex and Sylvie. Dexter ends up marrying Sylvie and having her baby while they have a baby together, Jasmine. It's a very, very brief marriage. But what did you think of them together from the beginning? When they were dating, I didn't really mind it. I mean, it's hard because the whole time you know that him and M are meant to be together. So it's really hard to get invested in his in their other relationships because you know that they're like end game. Yeah. So that's kind of hard, but I didn't necessarily like mind their relationship. I felt like Sylvie kind of was good with putting up with Dex and I feel like they did care about each other, but kind of in a similar, I don't feel like it was as bad as the whole Ian thing. Like with Ian, she never loved him. I think that Dex really, really cared about Sylvie. He did. It's just, she was not who he was meant to be with. I think though that Dex, it's kind of a similar situation to Ian and Anne a little bit because I think Dex was in love with Sylvie and Sylvie just tolerated Dex. Yeah. Like, I don't think Sylvie ever really loved him. And I like Sylvie for Dex in the beginning because it breaks him out of his addiction. Sylvie is like, I mean, how would you even describe her? She's very kind of stern and... Okay, I'll just say this. She doesn't laugh because she doesn't like how it makes her face look. So that is the kind of woman that she is. And she yeah. she does not tolerate Dexter drunk or high. So it breaks out of that. And so I really think it was good for him. And she was good for him. But then it's just like Dexter is like her puppy who is always peeing on the rug. And it's just, it's a sad relationship. It's kind of weird. They're both Dex and relationships are kind of sad. Yeah. Well, it's because they were never meant to be with them. Yeah. It's a they're sad relationship, but I think it was good for him. I think he needed Sylvie at that time in his life. Yeah. And then it just became depressing real quick. I mean, yeah. they weren't together that long. And then she cheats on him. Yeah. Then she cheats on him. And, but again, good thing because he ends up with them. And then they end up having a sweet friendship, which I really like. Yeah. Especially that year after where she kind of helps pull him out of, pulls him out of that. Yeah. I think that's sweet. But do you think that they would have gotten married if she hadn't ended up pregnant so fast? Like that's kind of why they were getting married or at least that's what the author made it seem like. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe eventually, but maybe it just would have fizzled out before they would have ever gotten married. I think Dex would have proposed, but I don't think, I don't, she wasn't in it for pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah, not good relationship. I mean, at the end of the day, it was really only Dex and M that were meant to be together. Well, yeah. None of the other relationships were meant to work out. No. And they, but they were weird. They were weird relationships. Yeah, they were. <laughs> They're very odd. But he kind of does that. He has a bit of oddness in his writing, but I appreciate it. And with that, let's move into authors, hits and misses. What's your first hit? Um, my first hit is just his writing. He's just a really, really Amen. excellent writer. That is exactly what I said in all caps. His writing is so good. I mean, if you think about it, writing this type of book has to be extremely difficult. Like if I'm thinking about it from like a writer's point of view, like it has to be really hard. I mean, you're writing over 20 years. You're only writing about the things that are physically happening on that one day, but then you also have to reference things that happened over the year. So it's like, you're literally planning an entire 20 years of these two people's lives but you're only writing a portion of it. Yeah. Like he can't write about everything that happened in that year. Boring chapters too, which he makes like insanely interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. He has to put like what things are physically happening that day. And some of the things are very just mundane things, not exciting. And they're not boring. Yeah. But then he has to reference the important things that happened over that year too. I can't imagine how much planning has to go into that. No, he is literally brilliant. And every time I read this book, I'm just like, you are a master of writing. And I don't feel that way that often. Well, and then my second one kind of goes along with that same thing. Just the the style, the storyline. So the storyline starts out. And then like we said, it goes every, it's every year on July 15th. And then you don't necessarily realize why that day is so important until at towards the end of the book and then M dies on July 15th after that then you see the next three years on her anniversary of her death and what's going on with Dex and then the very end you go back to the very beginning and get the like the ending of the book is the very beginning of the book so brilliant it's so brilliant I it gets me every time yeah and then also on top of that I mean Alyssa and I both like dual POV and you're getting both sides it's not written in dual POV but it's you're getting what's going on with Dex and M at the same time yeah that was my second point too just how he began it and ended ended it and then literally from the first page of the book like you're hooked Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's crazy that does not that is such a rare quality in a book like, yeah, you can have a book start and, you know, first chapter, you're like, okay, yeah, this is good. And sometimes you're really into it, but this is like page one and you're already getting to know these characters. His writing, he's just freaking genius. I can't with him. I'm just in awe of him. I told you guys I was going to gush and I am. Don't you agree, Reagan? It's like page one and you're right into the story, right into these characters and you're just like hooked. Yeah. It's so good. And then my other one is how he writes her death was amazing because it's just so like to the point, but also not to the point at the same time. It says, then Emma Mayhew dies and everything that she thought or felt vanishes and is gone forever that just happens and you're just like wait like I reread that line like five times I know I mean the first time you read it you're like M is what like she's gone yeah yeah and like at first you're kind of like okay does he mean like literally or not because literally that's just the end and then it goes to the next one and then you're like wait so she actually died like she's yeah. actually gone yeah. yeah and so it just like gets you on your toes when you read that and you're just like, oh my God. I could, I don't think I have a complaint about his writing. Like everything he writes is just amazing. Like I have a little list here of the way he writes sex and thoughts. They just feel so real and authentic to those characters. Like yeah. you just know them so well. Like I feel like I know Dex and M so well, which I love. And he also is so funny and witty and the book truly makes you feel good. But then it's also really sad and really dark sometimes. And he just does such a mixture of those two feelings. Like I would not call this a sad book, but I also can't call it a happy book, but because you feel so both things. Well, it just feels like life. Yeah, definitely. He has a great insight into human nature on people changing and not changing as years pass. Like like you said, lots of planning, but he really made you feel like these characters, you know, were held back in certain way, grew in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, not every year do we see growth in ourselves. So yeah. like you would see them and like when M's floundering, like there's a couple years where like she's just floundering, nothing's really changing for her. And then things change. He even repeats the beginning of certain chapters for M. A few times he does that where it starts out the exact same way as the last year started for her because it's the same yeah he'll just do genius things like that 
And then he really focused a lot on these characters' flaws. And I really, I really like that because we are human beings and we all mess up. Like you've been saying, like this, this book just kind of mirrors life and how we really feel as people. And I just think he did it in such like an artistic way, almost. That it just, it really mirrors life. And also I, for me, it made me love Dex and M together so much because they know each other so deeply and yet they accept each other. And that to me is love. Like no matter what, except for when Dex, is off his face and is even himself they just love each other regardless of all the flaws they have and he focuses so much on their flaws and yet they're still in love and think each other are amazing and that's just such a beautiful part of this love story he doesn't like sugarcoat who they are well and even when they when their friendship breaks up it's like m says that she doesn't like him anymore but she is also tells him that she still loves him so so much so it's like She's not telling him, I don't love you anymore. She's just saying that I don't like the person that you are. Well, because he's not himself. Yeah. It just hits really hard because you realize that she still has all these feelings for him and she always will. But the person that he is currently, she can't be with. She can't even as friends because it's too hard. And there's so many moments like that through the book for them where you see these flaws in their characters and they still come back together. And they still love each other, regardless of how far, far they fall, either one of them. Well, and I feel like Dex kind of felt the same way towards her too, when she was floundering and she was working at the restaurant and he kind of felt like she wasn't the person that he knew that she wanted to be and should be. Yeah. She wasn't living up to who she is, her potential and who she truly is. Yeah. He, that's like I said, he does such a good job of just creating real human characters with real human flaws. And then it's just so beautiful that yeah. they still love each other despite all their BS. <laughs> I love it. Did you have any more hits or? No, that was it. Are we done gushing about this author forever? Because I'm getting carried away. Well, at least until we talk about favorites. <laughs> yeah. Alyssa, what were your misses? My first miss, which these aren't super misses. It's just, I wanted more Dex than them and then Dex. I wanted more. It's the best part of the book. It's the best part of the story. And I understand they can't be together randomly every day on this particular date, but I wanted them to. And sometimes <laughs> I just missed them being together so much. It like hurt. And I've read this book so many times. So I know Emma's going to die. And I'm just like, okay, enough of Dex being drunk. Okay, enough of Ian and M. I just need me some Dex and M. You're like, spend more time together. Yes. You guys aren't, it's going to get cut short. Exactly. So that to me is a miss just because I love them so much, but I also understand why he did it. And my last miss is, so there's this moment where Dex goes to visit Sylvie's family, play this stupid game. And every time I read it, it just annoys me. And I don't like the scene. And it's just a miss for me. That's the one thing he does that I'm like, this is dumb. And I wish you wouldn't do it. It's stupid. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The are you there Moriarty game? Yeah, it's dumb. And I don't like it. And it just just annoys me. But that's all miss because he's perfect to me. And I can never say anything bad about this book because it's literally genius and perfect. And I won't believe anybody who says otherwise. <laughs> See, for me, I agree with the first one that it's just like, you want more of them together. And even though you know that it's kind of unrealistic, you like want that. Yeah, exactly. 
because those scenes are the best. The best. And like, that was kind of like my least favorite part was like when they weren't even friends, they weren't even like talking at all. So when you like get those year updates, like obviously they're still thinking about each other, but they haven't been talking at all. And you're just kind of like, you guys need each other. I know. Like I'm over this, get to the part where they're back together. (laughs) Become friends again. Yes. Come more. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have any more misses or is he too perfect? No, that was it. He's perfect, you guys. I love him so much. Okay, so now we're going to move into our segment, Controversial Conversations. And okay, I don't even know if we really need to do this. Are Dexman right for, for one another? Yeah. And I feel like yes. we've talked about that. And why does it take them so long to get together? Because they're dumb. <laughs> See, I also think that it's kind of a timing thing. I just think that that's kind of life. I think that you can have somebody who you're meant to be with, who's right for you, but the person that you're all, that you are at that time, you're not right for each other yet. But they always love each other. I mean, from the beginning, M, if you guys haven't read the book, M has a crush on Dex like all through university. So when she first meets him that night, like she's never talked to him. It's like a, you know, far-fetched crush. But when she meets him that first night, when the book starts, she's super into him. And Dex is what you find out at the end of the book. Cause it's like we said, ends on that same day he's super into her so it's automatic and yet it takes 20 freaking years like the connection is there yeah it is but I think that had they gotten together at that point I don't think that they would have stayed together yeah I mean Dex had a lot of growing up to do and they are very different in such a way that it would have caused a lot of issues I also just feel like their love is so strong I just think that some I think that some couples can't grow together in the way that they need to from a young age and they do have lots of judgments about each other that probably would have come to a head if they were together do you think that they would have gotten together if Dex hadn't been cheated on by Sylvie and left well, I mean, obviously, I don't think that they would have gotten together. Well, he was married to Sylvie, but like if they had ended for some other reason, I think they still would have gotten together. I mean, in all honesty, I think that they would have gotten together at the point when he proposed to Sylvie. I think that M was ready for them to get together at that point. There's a lot of moments where one of them was ready and the other one isn't like you've mentioned. Yeah. They just had to be on the same page. Yeah. I think you're right. They're so different that they would have gotten together right away. Probably would have been a little volatile and might not have worked out like one of them would have gotten so frustrated they would have just been like I can't handle this well and also at that point like I don't know if Dex was ready for that like I could have seen him cheating on M or something like that at that point yeah for sure and but then when they ended up getting together like I could never see that happening but they still are always right for each other yeah I mean I think the end goal they were always meant to be together which is just so weird to think there were so many times that it might not have worked out because they're so perfect yeah Okay, so we're going to move into our favorite things. There's so many. What's one of yours? For me, I really, well, one of the things that Alyssa and I talked about when we were reading was to kind of mention like our favorite year, our favorite July 15th. And I really loved the Paris, which I think that you agree with that one. When they finally get together. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are parts of it that I just really, really loved. Like for instance, Dex ignoring the waitress. So earlier in the book, Dex would always be like hitting on waitresses whenever they would go out to eat. And so that was like a big turning point is like they're out to eat and he's not hitting on the waitress. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like the turning point when like you realize that he's changed. He only has eyes for him now. And then also during that whole scene, he's like extremely proud of her and like where she's at in her life. And it was just a really sweet, sweet time. 
And so she says at one point, I'm not the consolation prize decks. I'm not something you resort to. I happen to think I'm worth more than that. And he responds and says, and I think you're worth more than that too. And that's why I came here. You're a wonder, M. And then at the end of that, like once they're like getting together, she says, and this kind of goes with like her being funny, but also like very serious at the same time. She says, I mean it. If you lead me on or let me down or go behind my back, I will murder you. I swear to God, I will eat your heart. And he responds, I won't do that, M. And she's like, you won't? And he says, I swear I won't. Yes. And those were just like, I just had some of my favorite moments in that Paris scene. I love it. And then of course, the last line where M is like, frustrated and he's like what and she's like I thought I finally got rid of you and he's like I don't think you can it's like yes you can yeah. oh it's so good it's so many feelings of joy yeah yes it's so long time coming so many teases and then it finally happens and you're just like yes this is my life yeah so beautiful what about you what was your favorite I love the vacation chapter kind of early on they go on a vacation to Greece together Mm-hmm. And I love that chapter. It's just the hilarious dialogue. Like we talk about, they have the best banter. And both of them just think that they can't handle the vacation at different times because they're so attracted to each other. And they have all these rules, like no nudity. And they have to get separate bedrooms. And Dex like lies and says they can't get separate bedrooms. So they're sharing a bedroom. It's just so many fun moments. And the attraction is just kind of exploding at that time. And I just love that whole chapter it's one of my favorites and both of their actions are like screaming they're in love with each other during that whole vacation together I just love it yeah that was I will be honest that was kind of my favorite throughout most of the book until the Paris the vacation part Mm -hmm. what did you love about it just what I said too yeah, just kind of the same thing. I loved M's rules. And then I love how Dex just like nonchalantly would like force themselves to break them. They're guidelines, M. They're not rules. Yeah. And then <laughs> them like always just like looking at each other. The sexual tension was crazy yes. during those chapters. Yeah. And then we'll just say Dex is a big fat idiot, but it's the best until that moment when he was like, dummy. Yeah. And always how it goes. Yeah, I love, I love that scene. I mean, that chapter is so good. And then my other favorite is the last chapter too, but specifically their, their kiss at the end. So it goes back to their first like night and next day together. And at one point Dex's family shows up and M leaves and then he comes and finds her. And that's when they have their kiss. And it says, why, what do you want to do? She asked, though she knew the answer. He put one hand lightly on the back of her neck and simultaneously she placed one hand lightly on his hip. And they kissed in the street as all around them, people hurried home in the summer light. And it was the sweetest kiss that either of them would ever know. And the fact that he puts would ever know, it's showing that like that kiss was sweeter than all the other ones that they've ever had with anybody else their end goals even though that happens at the end but it happens at the end but at the beginning I already I love that scene I love how he ends it how he brings it back it's so emotional and after you've lost M it's like he brings her back to you mm-hmm. and he brings their love back to you and you end just with all this hope and even though you know M is gone I can't even explain how it makes me feel it's just so emotional and so beautiful and he's amazing and I also think that it's needed because there's still closure that kind of needs to happen in those couple 
years after M dies, but they're also so depressing because M's not there. So even though you're like happy that Dex is not going down this spiraling path of doom like he has in the past, you kind of need that like because you want Dex and M. So the fact that he ends it with them together. Exactly. You're happy because that's what you want the entire book and are so angry every time that you don't have them together. And so you have to end it with that, even though you're ending with it, with them together, knowing that she's going to die. But it's okay. Somehow it's okay. Cause it's just, it's just beautiful. The way he does it, it just makes you feel good. And you're just like, yes, sex and M, you guys are perfect for each other. And it, he shows it to you right at the end, but just knowing in your heart that that was the, their first day together and they were already meant to be. And then I have a couple of just favorite lines that I love. I have a couple of favorite lines that I love and we're sorry to be quoting so much this episode, but he's a great writer. So it needs to be done. This is one of my favorite lines. There were times when Dexter could sit quietly and watch Emma Morley laughing or telling a story and feel absolutely sure that she was the finest person he knew. You could never bore me. You're one in a million M. It's just so sweet. There's so many sweet lines like this. And then this one, this is Emma. She says she feels a great wave of affection for Dexter Mayhew. In eight years, not a day has gone by when she hasn't thought of him. She misses him and she wants him back. I want my best friend back because without him, nothing is good and nothing is right. I think that's such a huge part of their relationship is that when they're not together, nothing is good, nothing is right because they're meant to be together. I think that's why Emma never has a relationship that works out. I think that's why Dexter even flounders sometimes because they need each other. And then when they're finally together, their lives just heal. Yeah. I just love it. And there's so many more, but we'll leave it at that. I also love that Emma says at the end that when people ask them, you know, how she met her husband, she says, we grew up together. And it's mm-hmm. so true and so beautiful. They did. They were just kids and it just makes my heart happy. Yeah. And they were, even though they were adults, they had a lot of growing up to do still. Both of oh, them. Yeah. But I mean, they met right at, right out of university and Besides those, I think they weren't friends for two years. They were always in each other's life through that time. And I just think it's sweetest. And even during those two years, they were on each other's mind the entire time. So even during those two years, even though they weren't talking, they were still excellent during that time. Yeah. Those are a couple of our favorites. I'm sure we could go on and on, but it's a beautiful book, you guys. You got to read it. And if you have, you know. Okay. So how did this book relate to your life? Did it relate to your life? So I think I related more with M, mainly with like identity issues. At one point, it says, what are you going to do with your life? In a way or another, it seemed that people had been asking her this forever. I just, I recognize like those kind of floundering moments of like you had to get in like a, you get into this kind of rut and it's just so hard to get out of and you just kind of lose yourself in that. And I feel like I've done the same thing in the past. And like just working at a job that you don't like just because you have a paycheck coming in, but knowing that there's so much more that you want to do with your life. So I just really identified with that with M. And then obviously her teacher moments, I could identify with those as well and relate to those. So I don't really feel like I ever really related to Dex, mainly because I haven't experienced grief in the way that he did. Yeah. So I feel like I just didn't really relate very much to Dex. I mean, I agree. And mine is very close to that. I I think a lot of us are either a Dexter or an M. You know, we start out in our life like Dex, super driven and confident and know where we're going. And then life kind of slaps us around throughout later in life. Or you start out as an M where you're kind of lost and confused and don't know what to do. And then you find yourself throughout 
And I think I'm an Emma too. And, you know, as I got older, I figured out myself more. I was more confident. I grew into who I am, who I think I should be and was fine with that and happy with that, just as Emma did every year. And hopefully, you know, we get to journey far past where Emma did. But I, I agree. It's just that floundering feeling when you're young and feeling useless. And what am I going to do? And who am I? <laughs> And wanting to make a difference, yeah, but not sure how you, how you should make that difference, what you should do to make that difference. Yeah. I think that's how it relates. I think it could relate to all of us because I think we can either find ourselves in Dex or M at some point through their journey. And like we said, that's a beautiful part about this book. It's very human. It's very authentic to the human journey, to being a human, to messing up, to our flaws. Yeah, exactly. And what did this book teach us? What did we learn from it? My main thing is just like, don't wait for things to happen. You have to go and get it if you want it. And then be honest about your feelings, not trying to hide them. I think that that could have made things a lot different for Dex and him. But I also at the same time realized that that wasn't the point of the book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For me, I've read this book a bunch of times. I've been reading it for like the past 10 years. And for some reason, when I read it this time, the day that Emma dies, Dexter and Em are like fighting and arguing the morning before she dies. And it just really hit me this time. I don't know if it's because this is the first time I'm reading it and I'm married. I don't know what it is. It just really made me feel very emotional and upset and just be like, you really never know. You never know if, and I don't mean to get dark, but like, you don't know if today's your last day. And I think we just take for granted that our husbands are coming home or our wives are coming home or, you know, that we get to live another day or wake up tomorrow. But it's something about them just fighting and knowing that if Dex would have known, he never would have fought with her that morning. Sometimes it's just not worth it and stupid to think that, you know, oh, it's okay because we have tomorrow because they didn't have tomorrow. So I don't really know how to explain how I felt, but do you get what I'm saying, Greg? It just made me feel sad that they fought that morning. It made me emotional. It made me not ever want to have that sort of experience. Yeah. Well, my last one that I wrote for teaching is that like it taught me to like love hard. And I think that kind of fits with that, that they, they loved each other so much, but then we also, like you kind of said, we take things for granted and we don't realize that this might be the last time. And even during that day, cause they have that kind of fight where they're both just kind of being jerks to each other. And then they go about their day and during the day they're thinking about each other. They're not even mad at each other anymore, but they never say anything to each other. They're just waiting to be able to tell each other later. And then she dies. Yeah. So it's like they were mad. They got in their fight. And then, and I don't even want to say that they were mad because they weren't even really mad at each other. They were just fighting. <laughs> and then their whole day goes and they just are waiting to be able to tell each other that they love each other, that they're sorry, but they wait. And then she dies. It's just, it just got to me this time. And yeah, I think. Yeah, it just makes me not want to take my loved ones for granted, thinking somebody will always be there, you know, not being present, like having your mind elsewhere, fighting over stupid crap like they did when those could be your last words, something you regret. It just hit me. I just hated that they fought that morning, especially after all the beautiful moments that they have and it's so long to get together and then they fight and she dies. Like it just, it killed me. So it made me want to just not take people for granted, thinking they'll always be there and not take life for granted. Yeah, thinking that we'll always be here because it's just not true. And it's so easy to get into day-to-day -day life, which can be mundane and the same and just not even think about that, you know, never think like, 
you just know you're going to wake up tomorrow and then you're going to live your day. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> I know that's dark, but. But it's life. But yeah. And we should think about that because it makes you appreciate your life. Mm-hmm. So what about rating? I'm assuming that I know what you're going to rate. Yeah. This, but... I mean, what is my rating? Of course, it's a 10 out of 10. This book is nearly perfect to me. It will always be one well, of my So we are doing books. ratings out of five, not out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 10 out of five to me. <laughs> five out of five. I love this book. It's amazing in every way. And he's so talented. What about you? I'm going to give it a 4.5. And my main reason, the writing is amazing. The love story between Dex and M is amazing. I just think that there were a couple parts that were just very hard for me to, I don't want to say get into. It was more hard for me to like wrap my head around, I guess. Are these like your achy moments? Yes. So there were were just some of my hate moments were just a little too strong. (laughs) I understand that. That they dropped my rating down a little bit. Yeah, I can understand that. But the writing is amazing. Like if I was just rating it on like his writing and storytelling ability, it's a five. Yeah, definitely. But you got to look at the whole picture. So yeah, I understand. There's a lot of icky moments for sure, but it's perfect. So thank you so much for listening to the Two Worlds podcast. If you enjoyed this discussion, we would love it if you would take a moment to give us a rating and review. This will help us to grow to reach more book lovers like you. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our book obsessed conversations. Please share this podcast with all your other bookish friends so we can create a wonderful book nerd community together. We are so excited to connect with more book lovers. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at two worlds underscore pod. Let us know what you thought about one day. Let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear from you. Next week, we are continuing with the beauty of romance novels. We will be reading and discussing Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. Read the book with us this week and join us for an in-depth conversation where we will dive deep into the summers of Percy and Sam. Thank you for your support, book lovers. Remember to read like Rory. Bye.